very obtuse. What we're discussing is anger, I believe. Yesterday we we peeked in 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 the Maral that he says that he he contrasts based on the works of Shlomo Melech, who in Proverbs says Erech Apaim Rav Tuna Vakatzeruach Meirim Iveles. Shlomo Melech says that that Erech Apaim Rav Tuna. Erech Apaim Rav Tuna. Person who is Erech Apaim literally means who's, who has a, a long breath. He breathes deeply and he breathes long. So he is better or he has much understanding. Ktsaruach, the one that breathes with short bursts of breath, he is Mary Mavellis. He lifts up foolishness, which will discuss the precise language that's been chosen by Shlomo Melech of Mary Mavellis, which is quite strange. But the Maral points out that if one contrasts the attribute of anger to the attribute of what we would be inclined to call patience. So first of all, they manifest literally in the way a person breathes. A person who breathes long and slow, so it's almost very difficult, or if not impossible, to become angry, because there are physiological symptoms of anger, and one of them is the pace at which you breathe. The maral indicates, or let's say the metaphor used by the Pasuk indicates, that this analogy to the way a person breathes and his propensity towards anger is is quite precise. As we discussed yesterday, Aaron, the idea of breathing is the way that I embrace life. The way I literally continue my existence is by taking in breath after breath. The manner in which I do so defines an attitude towards what kind of life I'm taking in. The Maral points out that anger is a, an emotional response which is confined within a particular space and time. He calls it, it's an Indian Hispailus Agashmi, being affected by physicality, by the material, because an emotional reaction doesn't take into consider, consideration the formal long-term cause and effect perspective of the given situation. It's the heat of the moment that gets you. The heat of the moment is l- located most profound in the world of the physical, Alex, because it doesn't extend beyond the here and now. It's very strictly limited in its space and time to this is happening right now and it doesn't extend beyond. Whereas Seichel, as the Maral calls it, creates any perspective and has a real sense of how things affected the cause and effect, the long term, the overall role that this event plays in the bigger picture. That's called transcendence. Transcendence means I'm able to escape from this moment and see beyond it, whether it be beyond in space, beyond in time, beyond it in concept. So anger in re- pulls in, captures a person in the ultimate physical experience because he becomes located deeply, deeply, deeply in the moment in a negative way. The moment becomes his entire world that ever was, it ever will be. It's almost this kind of sinking into a space where a person loses his seichel. Hence, Shreem in Kohele says, Ukas becheik kasilim yanuach. And anger in the bosoms of fools does it rest. Because a person who starts to become 
um, habitual in his angry reactions, he actually loses his seichel. He becomes a person that you'll say, I can't talk to him. Why can't you talk to him? Talk to him. Because you can't reason with him. Why can't I reason with him? Because he's an angry person. That means he has no reasoning ability. So a person who's, pre- who's predisposed towards anger loses his ability to reason. It's the opposite of seichel. It's the opposite of the rational thinking mind. It's the opposite of something which is seichel. It's the ultimate indulgence in the physicality in a certain, certain aspect. You following me, Eitan? Good. So that's what anger is, and that's what the Maro points out, that the, the two extremes, in other words, it's quite interesting, because he's not contrasting an attribute of patience versus an attribute of anger, but rather that anger has a certain direction in terms of the cognitive world, and the refraining from anger is a cognitive experience which is vastly different to that of anger. It's a, it's a crucial distinction. It's not different kinds of midas. It's different kinds of perspectives of viewing life. Comprende? Jeremiah. Good. So that's what we discussed briefly yesterday and we said that's why uh, that, that kind of perspective is, is almost concretized in the way you take in life. So the short breath is, is, metaphorically speaking, taking in gulps of life. That you don't see that there's a continuum. That you see... <coughs> not. The, the, the rhythm of a long breath indicates that there's a continuum. That there's, there's a past, and there's a future, and there's a big place. And it's a transcendent perspective which involves Seichel. Whereas the short, gulpy breath say... It's now, it's now. I'm in the moment. And therefore, it's interesting how all these things kind of correspond. We've spoken many times before that the person functioning on the different levels of a person functioning in the world of action, in the world of emotion, and in the world of intellect. And sometimes the way they expressed is one on an intellectual level becomes slightly more condensed on an emotional level and becomes physically manifested on a physical level. So when a person sees with perspective, so then he breathes deeply. But what's also interesting is sometimes the long deep breaths can actually calm down, calm down. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. And then you start to see. So all of a sudden your mind clears. Because there's the symbolic relationship as the chains of self are linked together. When you shake at the bottom of the chain, it kind of ripples all the way out. Yes, Jeremy, it's been almost... In fact, not almost. Let's be exact. It's been it's been eight minutes and fifty-seven seconds, and you haven't said a single comment. This is astonishing. Come on, say your piece. Um, when you take short breaths, like I, I scuba dive, when you take short breaths, you actually use more air. Like it, it's you're you're ingesting more things, you're taking more in, as opposed to when you take long breaths, it's. You right. you bring a proof to what I said. Beautiful. No, Thank I'm asking. You. Thank what you. does that mean? So it's a great proof, and I, I appreciate the fact you did that. In other words, the notion of taking short breaths, says Jeremy, is you engaging more oxygen. It's almost as if you're taking more of the physical life in. You're much more engaged and involved in that physicality when a person breathes longly and 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 steadily. So he doesn't need to be as rooted in the limitations of physicality. Beautiful. Great proof. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, there's a there's a second level to that, which is when you take short breaths, you're using more of the physical world because you're consuming its oxygen out of your tank, but you're not actually using it into your body because when you breathe at a faster rate, 
um, to do with where air is actually absorbed down the lungs. Most of it isn't actually getting to the bits where it's used, most of it's just sitting in your windpipe coming in and out. So you're, you're using up more, per se, in a limited supply, but you're utilising less. There you go. It's always important to have a consultant medical faculty on hand. So yeah. we, shouldn't, we shouldn't try to use all the physical world, even if it's for good. Thank you, thank you, Jeremy. No, like, no, I'm serious. I think it's like good. Even, you know, even the, the using the physical world at all is complete taboo. You shouldn't use the physical world at all. Gosh, a frown comes. Up. Sorry, what I mean is as follows. What I mean is as follows. Don't worry, What's you can still way? eat lunch. That was the mission. Oh, what I mean is as follows that. That, that the physical world is looked upon as a means to an end on an end in itself. And therefore, Chazal, they often speak badly about the physical world. They're not speaking badly about the physical world. They're speaking about badly about the physical world as an end in itself. I think it's bad. The physical world is a means for propelling one spiritually is absolutely phenomenal. Hence, Addicts drinks his tepid, weak coffee, <laughs> which then allows him to... I'm not quite sure what. <laughs> it, um... Keeps, I don't know. That's a good question. You're going to say it keeps you awake, and then you thought that may be offensive. Like, why would one need caffeine to stay awake in the shirt? And then you realize, so you better not say that. But the truth is, you can say it. And it actually keeps me in the shirt if I drink strong coffee. So I go to the restroom like four times a shirt, too. It has a, it has a diuretic <laughs> effect, unfortunately. The doctor yes. will describe to you why that happens, but I don't think now is the time or place. I have a rash, too. <laughs> I'm not Jeremy's a bad. Your Jeremy's immediate liking for you, Asha, is probably only as a consequence of his previous liking for Jenkins, and it's kind of with a culture, it's cultural sublimation. Could be a culture. Why would it have to be? It could be you're an Anglophile, which which I appreciate coming from America. You probably want to be that. Thank you, Jeremy. That would be all. Well, you go to the zoo and admire the animals. You don't want to be one. Oh, 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 Chris. Snap. Okay. Snap. So comes along the Myral. No offense, sir. <laughs> he says. He says. Oh, gosh. So he says as follows. Therefore, that, that's an interesting Kiddush in, in, in Kaas. Now, there's another analogy that, that's brought in regard to Kaas, which, uh, sorry, he reinforced with another Pasuk in Mishle, which I think kind of hammers home the Pshat. He says that there's a Pasuk which says, um, Greater is the Erech again, the long-winded person, the person who's patient. He's greater than a Gibor, generally is referred to like a hero in war. Um, and a Moshel Baruchoi, one that rules over his spirit, from one that conquers a city. So again, the Mao brings out the, the contrast between the two. Um, a Loikadir is a person that exercises physical force in order to create control over a given, in this case, a city. But a person who is a Moshel Baruchoi, so he has an advantage because the ability to exercise self-control as opposed to physical control means that the mechanism using, the mechanism that's activating the control is something which is ethereal, or something which is beyond the body, it's beyond the physical. So just as the, they both have a control, but this control is spiritual, physical, rational, sorry, spiritual, rational, intellectual, controlling emotional, physical body movements. Whereas in the case of the locate ear, he's using physical, physical to control physical. So the 
intellectually has an advantage, and that's why it says to have gibor. is a person that has the ability to control his actions based on his understanding of the effect of what's going to be his grasp of the situation. He's not um, seduced into a response on the, on the spot, and therefore he's better than a a gibor. He's better than this person that exercises physical force to get his way. That's part one of anger. Good. So I think that's 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 nice. It's good to deal with, and when you're ever angry, just feel foolish, because that's really what's about. But let's go on to the next thing, and this is a much Wait, more. But when, when you're when you're a hero in war, you're not generally sometimes, but not generally just like charging in guns blazing. You like you have a good you have a plan, and you're rational about it. Like you, I mean, you're right. using the physical, but you still have to use the correct. Intellect. Even so, in other words, ultimately though, it's the 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 the. the the power of one physical force, you're right, physical force based on a good understanding of strategy and military technique, but ultimately I'm going to use my weaponry to control you. So a control of the physical attributes through a spiritual intellectual system is a higher, in a hierarchy, it's a higher level than that. Hayden, you with me? 20%, 30%? Beautiful. Yes? Good. So now what I want to work on is the following thing. There's a lot of conv- confusion in regard to, and it's going to be, we'll hopefully tie it in somehow to anger. There's a lot of confusion as to the Shema. Could you please pass me a seer there? Um, in the Shema, in the Shema, um, the second paragraph deals with what seems to be discussing reward and punishment. And it says, If you do hearken unto my words, Taka, hearken. Um, <laughs> uh, if you do listen to what I say, so then all good will come and you'll be able to, let's read it, you will get, um, gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. Hmm grass in your field, you'll eat and be satisfied. Gishmak. But beware, lest your heart be seduced and you turn astray. Then what happens is, then the wrath of Hashem will be blaze against you. Um, and what's going to happen, you're going to get nothing, you're, you're going to get no, your ground will not yield its produce and you'll be banished and everything will turn rather dreary. So seemingly, it's a clear statement of reward and punishment. You do, right? Gewaldic, Geschmack, everything turns out wonderful. You do badly, and everything turns sour. The problem is, and the, the problem is the Gemarion Kiddushin says, and states it explicitly, Schar There's no reward in this world. You can't get reward in this world, and that makes absolute sense, because you're trying to the reward. The reward is not some type of payback that you kind of cash in. You know, you don't go to British Oilam with this massive like list of British Oilam, let's see. Okay. Oh, look at this. Seventy-two years of twilling. <laughs> That's gonna be big payback. Whoa! Look at this. Tsitsis. Willen. Mehudar. Trailers. There is no trellis. Fine, forget the trellis. <laughs> <laughs> so you go into it, you go into it. 
and you kind of then he says, okay, well here you go and he gives you this massive Olam Haba check and then you go to Olam Haba shops and you just go wild. Not like that, right? It's like that. It's a description of a state. A mitzvah is the ability to be able to see in the here and now. That's what's beyond the here and now. There's nothing here and now. I mean, unless you're really funky about wearing tefillin. It's not as a, as a fashion statement. It's not. It's not vogue. It's not. You don't, you don't put on tefillin for. You know, tefillin doesn't really have a relevance in terms of modern dress culture, as far as I know. Tzitzis uh, may do, but again, dodgy. Dodgy that tzitzis, especially, I mean, even if you get away with like the, the nice flowing fork on the garment, and even if it's like wool with tassels, the tassels could be appealing. But the strings, the strings are just distracting, and the string seems to be where it's all about. So tzitzis aren't, aren't so big. So it doesn't seem that you can, how can you pay back for something which is dealing in one currency with another currency? It's like when you're dealing pounds and you're paying back in rands. <laughs> Sorry, a joke against myself. Um, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's worse than that. It's, it's worse than that. You can't, you can't exchange currencies. I mean, you can exchange currencies, but in this context, you can't, you can't pay back me something physical. So what happens? So I put on feeling, and now what's going to happen? Hashem's going to send me a steak for supper. <laughs> Whoa! And chips. Yeah! With Tabasco sauce. Believe it in Tesla Tabasco sauce. That's worth it. That's worth it. You feel that that would be an insult to Tefillin. No, don't you feel that, Gav? You keep Shabbos. I said, because you kept Shabbos, he's going to give you a new Giorgio Armani suit. Oh, you feel. If someone said to me, if someone came up to me and they said to me, because you did this, I'm going to give you this, I would think that is so degrading. I would, I would feel insulted. What you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna take what I've done? No, Marshal Madov Doime. You see a you see a uh, a child lost on the street. You pick up the child and you find his parents and you sort them out. And the parents say, Wow, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was really, really nice of you. Here you go. <laughs> there you go. Take that take that check on. Uh, what? I think it was him. He found the kid. Gazlan. It would be. Taking it from him. It would be. It would be. He never made a kid. I never. I never acquired it. He pulled it though. He did Mashiach or whatever. Mashiach. So. Same thing. It's not. It's it's not only not good. It's insulting. So what? Akoyish Brooks says, keep all the mitzvahs, and then you know what? You'll have good oil. Not only that, I don't think it stops with the oil. There's going to be wine. Whoa, Cabernet Sauvignon. And not only that, you're going to have wheat. So you can just imagine, you know, one of these like nice French baguettes with a nice bottle of wine. You go, wow, there you go. Hey, kill my mitzvahs. Whoa. Pathetic. Where is that oil? Hmm? Yeah. Where is that oil? Oil. What did you think they meant? What have you been saying until now, and You thought they meant? The gancha siroshcha vitzorecha. The gancha wheat, siroshcha wine, vitzorecha oil. Um, anyone else with any questions? Good, so we can go on. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, we have a question. Can't, can't, we, can't we equate, though, that 
when we meet, those things aren't technically reward. Those are things you promise. When reward, it's true, because like... Slowly, slowly, okay. slowly. So now you're already going on to the next stage. Okay. Good, good. Seemingly to, to categorize what the Shema promises you as a reward for what you're doing seems to be silly. It just seems to be totally not good. It's an investment in you. Slowly, 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 let's live with the kasha. Why do you want to shech the kasha on the spot? Live with the kasha, Alex. Um, You're not shechting it, are you? No, I don't. You're no. live with I the mean, kasha. This is like kind of, I'll, I'll live with it and maybe figure it out. But I mean, in a sense, I mean, it's not the ultimate reward. But I mean, I've heard that, you know, if, you know, these big rabbis, they feared their whole life that they're getting, you know, they're so wealthy that they're getting all their reward in this First world. of all, find me these big rabbis. <laughs> <style. Yeah. laughs> I, d- I don't I big I wealthy rabbis big well, wealthy rabbis it's not the no modern orthodox rabbis no there's these rabbis I don't know whoever <laughs> it was a story about a rabbi <laughs> who <laughs> was rich, super he was super Hanassi. wealthy in his entire life he feared that he was getting rewarded in this world to the world to come he wouldn't he wouldn't be getting anything great question let's tr- let's talk about uh, that's a good point Rabbi Nasi Rabbi Nasi was extremely wealthy um, and he he um he at the end of his life raised up his ten fingers and he said he derived no benefit from this world from all the, in other words symbolic of I didn't put my hands into this world at all. in other words even though he had the wealth he didn't become seduced by the wealth so you see it implies that if a person takes pleasure for pleasure's sake from the physical world that can diminish from his spiritual recompense reward. So that, 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 that's, that's a related concept, but it's not, it's not identical, correct? In other words, it's not that... It implies that there's some kind of relationship, that <coughs> physical indulgence for its own sake. In other words, you can have physical things, but if you use them for a higher purpose, that's okay. But if you indulge in them for their own sake, so some of that subtracts from what you'll get there, which we need to expand and discuss and work Okay? Mm. Uh, Jeremy, did you want to say something? Good. So let's move on. No, maybe you did. No, you didn't? No. I, I mean, I guess I want to say, like, whenever, whenever you have a sip of the kasha, you forget to give us the answer. You forget to ask. I've got them all waiting. I forget, I've, I've got them all waiting. You just never bother to ask any. Why are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, a valley, hill, and a, ma- a valley, a mountain, and a field? So no one's a valley. Why are Abraham is a mountain, Yitzchak is a field, and Jacob is a house? Ah. Why are the f- three of us? Um, why are they? Why do they correspond? What 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 kind of metaphor is that to describe the obvious? That was a question we had a while back, and I'm glad you asked me that question because right now I'm going to be able to share with you the the answer. Um, or I would have had you not made the mistake of thinking someone was a valley. Uh, clearly, you didn't really internalize it, so fortunately not. But maybe I will just give you a small small hint because um, I think it's going to be relevant to our understanding of the Shema and. Subsequently, hopefully, our understanding of of anger. Avram is compared to a mountain. Yitzchok is compared to a field, and Yaakov is compared to a house. Three of us. We know that there's something which epitomizes the three of us. Um, a central middle, even though, of course, they all had superbly refined character traits, but we define Avram by his midas chesed. We define Yitzchok by his Midas HaGvura, and we define Yaakov by his Midas, what's called Tiferes. Tiferes, or Emes. What Chesed is, is the ability, in terms of movement, emotionally, Chesed expands, goes out, it's an expansive Midas. 
you reach out to others, extend yourself for them. Gvura is a contraction of the person's self. You hold back, you resist, self-control. And Tiferes or Emes is a balance between the two. Creating this, this aesthetic equilibrium whereby neither one of, is over-dominant in the relationship. That's why Tiferes is also known as beauty and as glory. But it's this, 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 this delicate balance between Chesed and Gvura. That synergy creates what's called Tiferes. When you discuss a mountain, in the context of a landscape, what a mountain is, is if you envision a landscape, what the mountain's relationship to the rest of the landscape is, is it rises above. It expands upon what would be the normally flat surface. The notion of rising above, of, for example, in the Shemona Esrei, we say the Ke'avram and the Ke'yitchok and the Ke'yakov, and then we say Ha'godol Ha'givavano. Ha'godol corresponds to Avram, which corresponds to Chesed. Chesed always has a certain greatness attached to it. It's big. When a person becomes Chesedic, he becomes bigger. When a person becomes non-Chesedic, he becomes smaller. Chesed is when I reach out to others, and their lives are part of my life. So... If I care about everyone in the world, so somehow there's a connection between me and all of them. So I'm huge. If I only care about myself, I'm minute. Chesed is an expansive middah, which means that you go above and beyond. Above and beyond. In Hebrew, chesed, again, in terms of relationship, let's say how we compare chesed to what's called midah hadin, the letter of the law. Chesed is called lifni mishur hadin. It's beyond the letter of the law. According to the letter of the law, I don't have to help you at all. Who are you? Go jump in the lake. What, you've got some kind of claim on me? Chesed says, I'm going to give you whatever you need. I'm going to go out of my way to help you. That's called Chesed. Uh, it's quite, quite, chesed is a hard thing. Chesed is a hard thing. I had this conflict this morning with Chesed. I don't know what I should have done. I was driving to Yeshiva, and there are two car seats in the back of our car. And it's very hard for anyone to sit between them, and it's a it's a hassle to move them. You have to undo them and you have to... So I stopped to give people a lift. So there's a spare seat in the front seat. And there's theoretically three spare seats in the back seat. What should I do? I can take the five minutes to pull out the car seats, put them in the boot, the trunk, and then put them in next time. Or I can just say, Makomechad bilvad, and drive ahead. So of course, knowing me, what did I do? Thank you, Lewis, for that vote of confidence. He took out the... You squeezed someone in the middle. So, I, I was going to squeeze... Oh, now, this is maybe... This is, this is maybe where, like, the, 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 the kind of my propensity towards evil comes in, is I said one place, and in terms of squeezing someone in the middle, why didn't I do that? So, they're quite big car seats, and I'm a little bit dubious about the average person's flexibility, and how he's going to negotiate those car seats, and the chances are, like, it could just be a safety issue. <laughs> I don't know what side up he'll land up when he tries to squeeze himself or whether, or whether some of these people have a rather rather kind of like expansive being if they're going to be able to flop between those two. <laughs> so so I, got, I said, but afterwards I, it, was, it, was, it was a conflict. It was a conflict. And I wasn't sure what the right thing to do was. Um, but anyway, as an aside... Are you sure what the right thing to do was? Or you are you implying... Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. After all, this is a Musa share. Um, I mean, I absolutely, I usually, like, know, not usually, some, sometimes know what the right thing is and just don't want to. You mean, and myself. I'm... Myself, I'm, I'm bad at that. So, so you're saying, whereas what's worse about me is I'm trying to justify the wrong thing. I... Then, no, Jeremy, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We haven't been able to share. We're just... 
it's the group therapy. We're just he just said he said <laughs> room for one. I said room for one. I said room for one. And but I did feel bad. I don't even feel bad. Wait, wait, one second. We're getting distracted. We're getting distracted. We're getting distracted. It's just amazing. When I open myself up, the kind of the support and encouragement I get from you guys. It's much like the kind of support and encouragement I give you. So, Avram is called a mountain. Yes. Avram is called. You can start saying it now. Avram is called. You're amazing. You're so amazing. You're awesome. You are awesome. So, um, so <laughs> Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu is called a mountain because that describes his central middle. It means that he has the ability to go above and beyond. He rises up. Tomorrow, hopefully, we will discuss why Yitzchak Avinu is called a field and then why Yitzchak Avinu is called a house. But thank you so much for your rapt attention and your dolloping out some musa for me. Thank you.